Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm David Flint, and this is Save the Nation, streamed and on demand from ADH-TV, Australia's new and I find exciting media platform. This program is Save the Nation, and it tries to address a particular issue, and that is, there is no major problem in Australia which, if it were not created by the politicians, has not been made significantly worse by them. And there's a whole string of issues, defence, education, energy. The list goes on and on. And one particular issue is Aboriginal or Indigenous affairs. And today we could not have a better commentator on this, a man who is very well informed on all matters relating to these, And I'm introducing to you Keith Winshuttle, who is an historian, he's an editor of books, and also of Australia's leading intellectual magazine, Quadrant. But in addition, he's also a very significant author. He has a string of books, which you can look up on Wikipedia, a quite remarkable and wide-ranging number of books. And the one today that... uh, because we're looking at Indigenous affairs and the government, is this wonderful book, The Breakup of Australia, The Real Agenda Behind Aboriginal Recognition. So, Keith, thank you very much for agreeing to speak on this program. I'd like to begin with some of the recent events in, a, in the world, and in particular the passing of the Queen. What is your feeling about the future of constitutional monarchy and the prospects of what Mr Albanese came saying he would uh, have at some time a republic referendum. Yes, well, uh, Albanese said he he appointed a minister for the republic um, before the election was held uh, and um, he's now going to have to double back because the, 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 the publicity over the Queen's funeral and the, and the transfer of authority from the Queen to the new King Charles, uh, in my view, has been enormously popular. Uh, it's, had, um, it's, had, it's been the biggest media event, not just of the past week, but certainly of this year. And um, I don't think anyone would be game, especially Albanese. He doesn't appear to 
have an excess of courage in political terms, I don't think he'd be game to have a, a, um, a referendum, uh, in, certainly not in this term, and possibly not even not even if he gets a second term, I, d- I doubt if he'd do it then, mm. because um, the, the sort of... Um, symbolic clout of the Queen's funeral and the events around her her death, which uh, were handled amazingly well by the by the British. Like all of them, the the, the armed forces, the the uh, people behind the um, behind the Crown, the, the all all the, the advisers to the Queen. No one put a foot wrong. The whole thing was was. Um, I mean, it, apart from being very sad about the Queen, it, it was it was a triumph of. Um, of um, symbolic politics in favour of constitutional monarchy, and um, I think a lot of people, especially especially new migrants who've come from countries that are, you know, pretty well had a fair amount of disturbance and not not a great deal of security, they would want the absolute security that a constitutional monarchy um, in the in the English uh, version of it um, gives them, and I don't think that. Um, the, the, the Australian Republic or um, taking the crown out of the <coughs> constitution <coughs> is going to be something that um, that uh, Albanese or, or if he gets overthrown by stabbed in the back by one of his, <laughs> his members, which in the Labor Party is always on the cards. Um, I don't think anyone's ever going to have a go at that, um, certainly not for the foreseeable future. Yes, I can't see it. I remember years ago when they'd realised that they had no reason, no no sensible reason for the massive change they were proposing. And I remember the last one, which became even more ridiculous, was Grasby's proposal. Grasby, who's alleged to have been involved with the, uh, the Mafia, Grasby said that uh, the Crown has to go because the Crown was the cause of unemployment in Australia and the way to cure unemployment was to get rid of the Crown from the Constitution. That became so ridiculous that they, they had to change it and say, well, we've got to become a republic to get an Australian as head of yeah. state. Grasby was a deep thinker. Yes. So, <laughs> but we said, we, you've already got an Australian as head of state, the Governor-General. Yeah. And uh, I actually published a book on that, um, <clears throat> written by David Smith, who, yes. <clears throat> who was the... Um, who was the um, advisor to um, to a whole stream of governor generals? Five governors um, generals. F- five, yeah, and and um, and he knew the the field and law better than anyone, mm. uh, including the governors general. Mm. Um, and um, and he said the uh, I mean I think in the book, the book proved beyond doubt that the um, that um, the governor general in Australia is the head of state. Head of state is not an official legal term. Mm. It's a it's a sort of popular term. Yes. And um, and um, uh, anyway, the, the, I don't think anyone cares who's the, who's the head of state. Um, once, once you have an authority figure who doesn't actually do anything, um, uh, like, like the Queen, uh, who doesn't make decisions that um, change the political scene, <clears throat> and Charles uh, is going to drop out of his, um, his green attire... Uh, and uh, and take a pretty straight view on on everything. Um, th- that's going to um, um, th- that's something that um, that's going to stay you know for the foreseeable was, future. Mm. When they started saying the Republicans that the the end of the reign would be their silver bullet, I remember saying, "Well, look, you will have such a media retrospective; it will be like nothing before that." And I said, "Well, the interest will be there." And the interest will culminate not only in the coronation, but also in the new Prince of Wales and his family. I didn't anticipate 
the great love and affection and respect that's been given around the world. And I think it's because the Queen was such a virtuous woman in constitutional terms, not only in her private life, but this reflects so many in the Windsor family. Certainly it reflected the King, and I'm old enough to remember the King and the passing of the King and the, the sadness, the immense sadness that came across Australia at that time. And I understand that the same was true of uh, George V. Edward VII was, uh, well, Edward VIII went quickly, uh, and Edward VII was certainly a respected sovereign, although his personal life was not as perfect as uh, some might expect, and Victoria certainly also had a, a similar role. So it, it works very well, the constitutional monarchy, and the testament to that is that the among the, the most advanced democratic states, the proportion of the number of constitutional monarchies is disproportionate to their number in the world. Very few countries are constitutional monarchies in the world, but uh, the top countries are dominated by constitutional monarchies. Yeah, I think, I, and I think that, that, that sinks in after yes. all. I think, I think it's sunk in in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Good. Well, shall we go on to this, this very important question, which is going to culminate, we're told, in this term with a referendum on The Voice. And uh, I, I was looking again at this book, your wonderful book, The Breakup of Australia, and you have in the frontispiece and uh, at the back uh, a map from the National Native uh, Tribunal, Native uh, Law, Tribe, Native Land Tribunal, or whatever it's called. What, what surprised me about that, it shows the amount of land in Australia which is already subject to native title and also the amount of land which is exclusively native title. What, what's your feeling about, uh, about this? Well, well, like you, I was surprised when I saw that map. That's a map from the Native Title yeah. Tribunal, yes. um, and they publish that um, and they update it. Mm. And uh, when I wrote that book in, um, in 2016, um, the, 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 it, was, it was, I think, 36% of the continent was um, under but then under native title, and uh, but another thirty percent was um, in the pipeline. Um, and given the recent record of the native title judges, who will just do what they're told by the by the applicants, um, the, 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 you'd have sixty percent of the Australian continent would be under native title. Uh, that's native title, and that's not just land rights. That's that's native. That's the native title tribunal. Land rights uh, that came from the law. Uh, that was passed under the Fraser government in the, in the 1970s um, adds a bit more to it then. But look, the Native Title Tribunal now has approved 49.3% of the Australian continent <clears throat> as, um, as native title, um, belonging either exclusively or in conjunction to, um, to Aboriginal people. And um, we're going to see uh, the, 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 re the remainder of the, <clears throat> the sort of pipeline, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the pipeline for the um, Native Title Tribunal, um, that's the 60% the, the, the of the continent will soon be, um, <clears throat> soon be reached. Um, but... Um, uh, and a vast part of the continent is exclusively Native Title. In other words, we have to... We can't go there. 
Well, you, you, you without uh, permission, uh, even some parts that are not exclusive uh, territories for, for Aborigines, you still can't go there either, because um, the Aborigines say this is our land, and uh, even though uh, some graziers and some mining companies have rights uh, in the, in those areas. Um, you try and drive um, across the Tanami Desert now, you can't do it. Um, you are told this is um, private property, and, um, and and the same goes in, in you know other parts of, the, mm. of Australia. The native title map um, shows some parts that are exclusive, mm. and and that's mainly desert, um, um, because no one objected. But um, but. Um, we're going to be soon. If you add the land rights um, grants and the to the native title grants, it's about seventy percent of the Australian continent will be influenced by Aboriginals. Now, even though they don't have rights, uh, exclusive rights, they can they have um, political mm-hmm. um, rights, which means that they can throw their weight around and uh, and do what the what the people in the Tiwi. I think there's one guy in the Tiwi Islands has stopped this huge uh, gas drilling program um, off uh, off the islands in uh, in, in the is it the Arafura sea I think there mm. um, and um, uh, so and and so uh, even though they don't have exclusive rights they have the power to stop things if um, if they can persuade judges that um, that that's the right thing to do so they certainly have standing wouldn't they in any Case against the uh, proposal. For yeah, well, and, and 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 that and that is is part of the politics behind the um, the, the the constitutional change that um, mm, is is yes. demanded in the voice. Um, so just getting onto that constitutional change, uh, one of the things that you point out is that the allegations, or you you question the allegations that our founders, including the great Sir Samuel Griffith. Who, who really was the chief draftsman of the Constitution yeah. and became our first Chief Justice, uh, had been a Premier of Queensland, yeah. they claim that the founders, there is a claim that the founders were racists. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> it's become a popular um, call now amongst, um, amongst the left of the Aboriginal movement. Henry Reynolds, in his latest book called ha, Truth-Telling, um, um, accuses Samuel Griffiths of being a, a war criminal um, and you think, well, what war, what war did he um, commit any crimes in? Well, Henry says it's in the, the frontier wars. And, um, and he, he should be tried in, um, in um, not absentia, whatever the Latin term is for in the, in the, in the past, he should be tried and, and, and denounced as a, as a war criminal. Uh, I'm, I'm serious. This is this is a, a, a big part of Henry's book. To uh, he, he says that uh, Griffith University should change its name. Um, there's a whole lot of places uh, named after Griffith. They should all be dumped and given Aboriginal names because Griffith is such a terrible man. Um, and 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 what the what Griffith's sin, according to Reynolds, is um, is that he uh, employed the native police who went around uh, shooting Aborigines at will in the second half of the 19th century in Queensland. Now, that is a load of baloney. Um, it's been perpetrated by, um, by Queensland academics, not from um, direct records. They haven't got records of... Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, you always... I noticed that in the fabrication of Aboriginal history and other things you've written, you always go to the original sources, don't you? Whereas other so-called 
I shouldn't say so-called, but other historians seem to rely on the on on documents not going back. They don't go right back to the original source, which is what you should do, obviously. And that's, if you can. A, a real historian does that and and double checks to make sure that the existing. Acceptance of ideas is uh, is based on uh, on the original documents, mm. and um, and um, uh, the the, uh, the the case with um, um, blah, 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 blah. sorry, I'm, I'm, Samuel. Um, Samuel yeah, the, the case with Samuel Griffith um, is is based on on a, um, a a mathematical calculation by um, some Queensland academics about how many uh, patrols the native police would have made, which they don't know, but they say sort of guess. Mm. Um, how many years were, were they doing go- patrols? Well, they're not quite sure because the records have all oh, gone. This is modelling um, in reverse. Uh, uh, oh, in fact, it is. It's, it's very much like climate ch- change <laughs> speculation. Professor Box, the expert on mathematics who was Anglo-American, said that all models are wrong, but they're useful. Um, well, they're, they're, they're politically useful, that's, that's for this sure. This is certainly politically that's useful. That's for sure. And, and, that's, and, and so we've got this concocted um, set of figures, mm. which, um, uh, is, which Henry uses. He quotes the people mm-hmm. who invented these figures um, without any recourse to any documents. Um, and says, well, they're, they're, um, for part of that time, Griffith was um, was um, the head of the Premier um, and Attorney General, and he should be held responsible, therefore he's a war criminal. Mm. Now, it's based on on no real evidence, and, and uh, um, uh, Murray Fells wrote a book about the Victorian Native Police, because the Native Police were founded when, when New South Wales was a colony, mm. and then when Victoria and Queensland became independent, they took their native police with them. But, but Murray Fells finds that in Victoria, where there are very good records, there are diaries of the, of the, uh, the, the white supervisors of the mm-hmm. native police, and there's a huge amount of evidence in Victoria, um, she found that they were very useful in preserving the peace, both between blacks and whites in Victoria, mm-hmm. but, all, but in particular between blacks and blacks, because the real... Um, the real frontier wars uh, was, were not well. Frontier is a bad, f- 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 bad term for it. But the real violence in Aboriginal society, um, be- both before and after the whites arrived, was between blacks and blacks. Mm. Uh, they were continually fighting each Which other. Which is still the case in the remote communities, isn't well, it? Well, well, of course. And, um, and the problem with the remote communities is that um, groups that were that have been enemies for a few thousand years, mm. um, and it's mainly family and kinship um, clans that, mm. um, that, uh, that, that have descent from uh, each other. Mm. Um, Could I just... They're now forced to live together in these remote communities, yes. which is, a, which is a, just about the most stupid idea that you could have. Yes. But this is, the, this is the homelands movement invented uh, in the 1970s by white bureaucrats, uh, and, and Herbert Nugget Coombs was the, was the main offender, yes. Um, and they, uh, based on models working in North America and uh, Canada in particular, not not based on mm. the reality of Australia. Could I interrupt you now and just give a pers- couple of personal anecdotes, just to demonstrate my position in this? When I was a young law graduate, I was told that uh, Hal Wooten, who who subsequently became a judge, he was dean of law at the University of New South Wales. He was a QC, but he actually went back to the academy. 
and uh, he had started the Aboriginal Legal Service because there was no yeah. no legal service, and often the, they were picked up at night by the police because they were thought to be the ones who may have committed a particular crime. And so, so they did need legal defence, and they needed legal advice, and I joined that. It wasn't paid because there was no money. I, I, I didn't do those good things of reciting a formula about respecting previous owners and so on. And no, no smoking owners. ceremonies pre- preceded yes, you? And I didn't wave a flag which didn't exist then, but yeah. that was how I contributed. And I should also mention, when my maternal grandparents came to Australia with my mother and the family, we, they got, because they were obviously partially Eurasian, or fully Eurasian, I suppose, they, they got through the white Australia policy because they were able to pass a dictation test which was given in English. They'd come from what is now Indonesia, the yeah. Dutch East Indies, and the test was given in English in which they were all perfectly fluent as they were a number of other European languages. My grandfather bought a farm at Blacktown because he wanted to be a farmer. That's why he came to Australia. So he bought this farm, didn't have much money because his money was slow in coming through with the Dutch authorities, weren't that fast. And he wanted to take, he bought this farm, he wanted to take his goods to the market. Whatever he produced, he wanted to take to the market. The lady next door did a deal with him. She would help him. She'd take him and he'd pay her a small amount of money. The the farm next door was owned by an Aboriginal family. She was an Aboriginal, so my grandfather was taken to town in a sulky, horse and sulky, by an Aboriginal lady who... Uh, and the family would have had the... Uh, they would have all had the right to vote. Yeah. Whether they voted or not, I don't know. But they, they were living in a house on a farm. They were Aboriginal people. And when she went to school, she had to walk a long way to go to school from the farm into Blacktown. She said there were many Aboriginal children in the school alongside the white children. and No difference was made between the, the whites and the Aborigines. So... Whatever was happening in Australia certainly wasn't happening at Blacktown where my mother yeah. went to school. So well, I just wanted to mention that just well, to well, David, my uh, Just to add, add to that, I grew up in, in Tudor Street, Belmore. We had an Aboriginal family in our street. Mm. They were at the, up at the top of the street. Our house was down the bottom near the, near the football um, oval. And um, and we didn't have much. I think they were Catholics. Uh, they went to Catholic schools, whereas I went to Kempsey Public School. But... Um, the local kids all went together on the on Saturday afternoon to the local pictures, and the and uh, there was a boy Johnny who was my age, uh, and who we we'd sometimes play with, in the park, you know, mm. because there's a lot of parkland, yes. um, and uh, but and his two sisters, we'd all go to the, go to mm. the the, the, the um, pictures on Saturday. We'd all all the ki- all the local kids would sit in the front stalls. Nobody thought of anything mm. about the. Um, about racial difference. There was, I mean, children are not, not racist. Yes. Uh, and yeah. my mother's experience was before 1920. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, this yeah. was early in Australian history. Yeah. Can I just go now, if I may, to the big event in Aboriginal affairs, the 1967 referendum? Uh, that was changed, was it not? Uh, Menzies, Menzies and the Cabinet decided on a referendum on one point, but uh, Holt agreed to... When he got into power, he he made a significant change which had the disastrous consequences that Menzies foretold. Menzies, Mm. and Reg Withers confirmed this to me once at the Constitutional Convention, that Menzies strongly wanted to have the the counting provision taken out of the Constitution, that Mm. you couldn't count 
you couldn't count people who are obviously nomadic and it would be very difficult to count them. And if West Australia, Queensland and South Australia were allowed to count them, they would exaggerate them and then get more seats. The whole point was, the whole reason was, they would then get more seats yeah. in the federal parliament because seats were were counted on the basis of the population, not on the basis of voters. People registered to vote on the basis of the population. So they decided not to count nomadic Aborigines because most of them were Well, a, 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 actually, there, there was a £100 uh, property in, a title uh, um, property qualification that you had to have. You, you had to have £100 in Queensland, o- either in Queensland and Western West Australia, Australia yes. to, to get a vote, mm. and, and that, um, it, that, that sort of ruled all Aborigines out, ruled all white people out, mm. uh, well, poor white, white people white as well. And you're right about the um, estimates of, um, of the nomads. The, Queensland, mm. the, the politicians from Queensland and from Western Australia wanted to boost the number of politicians they could send to Canberra mm. in, in the new federation and so they said oh we've got uh, 15,000 in the Kimberley which was unexplored country or we've got 15 another 15,000 in western Queensland where mm. no one's been and 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 uh, so uh, we'll put uh, and and so Menzies and, and anyone with any sense said well you know you can't you can't um you, you, you can't count um, those sort of those sort of uh, estimates. It's mm. not, not there, there were no bodies. Yes. Uh, but but in in uh, New South Wales, Victoria, uh, South Australia, and uh, Tasmania, there were there were there were voting rights for uh, Aborigines um, all the way back to um, independence for those mm. places, um, and there were no. There were some property qualifications early on in the 1850s in New South Wales. I'm not sure about the last days. <clears throat> But they were gradually eliminated because um, labour movements and people who didn't have much money said it's not fair mm. that we don't get a vote. And so, um, so uh, the uh, Australia, the, the, the people who voted in, in favour of the Constitution, which Samuel Griffith um, was, was as, as you said, was the, 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 the principal um, writer, um, that was put to a vote to the Australian people, and uh, and all Australians had a vote, and every Aborigine who was um, registered to vote, and and you didn't have to have a house. You, uh, there are people in the in the um, electoral rolls, and I've looked this up, who were living on the bank of a river or on the turn of the of the hill, mm. um, or that, that or, would or in, as their dress in the yes, and also. Uh, Aboriginal women in South Australia could vote, but white women in New South Wales could not vote. That's right. From 1895 yeah, onwards, um, the, the the South Australians who regarded themselves as pretty trendy and and um, and progressive, which mm. which you know they haven't shaken that label off. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they not with Don Dunstan. Well, that's right. They want to be the, the forefront of everything. Um, but um, they they did in fact um, um, give Aboriginal women mm. and men the vote in in 1895. Yes, but, but but Menzies, Menzies did not want, and the cabinet agreed with him, Menzies did not want a change in the power, the power to make laws. The constitution provided that the, the power to make laws with respect to Aboriginal affairs would lay with the states. This was part that's of right. the division of power. Yes, that's, that's right. Yes. Normal sort of thing that happens in a federation and yes. was decided that Aboriginal affairs should stay with the states. But that, but, and that was changed in yes. the 1967 referendum. Yes, when, that, when, that, they, when that they, was the issue. Yes, the first they, they had a referendum bill which didn't contain that power, and they allowed that to lapse after Benzies 
stood down and Holt got in mm. and Holt added this this question of power to, to have the Commonwealth get the power. Menzies, according to Reg Withers, Menzies believed that if you had that power in Canberra, it would create a bureaucratic monstrosity. Those are the words yeah. uh, um, Withers said that uh, Menzies used, a bureaucratic monstrosity. He obviously saw what was going to happen with that sick and so on and yeah. the Department of Aboriginal Affairs. Menzies said you can do all you want with the states in relation to helping the Aboriginal people by giving grants to the states, Section 96, conditional yeah. grants, where you say this is money for the states, but you must do this. You must see, for example, that all Aboriginal children go to school to the same age as yeah. everybody else. Yeah, that, that's right. And and they're all they, they were traditionally state responsibilities. Mm. And and uh, even with the census, the, the people say, oh, the Aborigines weren't counted in the census. Well, they were because the states counted the census. Mm. The, and, and in fact, in New South Wales, they counted it not every four years, but every single year. Mm. And if you go back through the the um, uh, the Aboriginal Protection Board, the, the, uh, they were the ones who who, who did yes. who who conducted the, the census. Uh, but uh, but uh, look, can I just make the point? Sure. Um, the the um, the uh, re referendum was a very big vote in favour of Aboriginal people by the non-Aboriginal people mm. of Australia. Um, they said, we want to do the best by them. We think it's appalling that they, um, uh, so, some of them live in in, um, in such terrible circumstances uh, as they do out back, um, even though people like me and you uh, grew up with, with Aboriginal people mm. as part of our, our background. Mm. Um, and, and most Aboriginal people, even by then, were living in the cities. Um, and the two biggest cities were Sydney and Brisbane, um, and also a lot of the regional centres like Townsville and Cairns. They were, the Aborigines weren't living um, in remote communities and wandering around the desert uh, you know, with spears in their hand, mm. they, uh, they, uh, I think uh, there was about 60% of the of the Aboriginal population in 67 had moved into the cities and big regional towns, mm. and now it's 80%. Um, yes. And and so the the Aboriginal problem of of um, of um, poor living standards and alcoholism and domestic violence, um, that's all in the 20% of Aborigines who, who still haven't. Integrated, or to use that terrible word, which you know these days is almost d described as hate speech, assimilation. Mm. Um, the Aborigines have voted with their feet, and they they've they done it over a long period of time. Yeah, yes. yeah. The, the, this was really the result of uh, adding that, adding the power issue, giving the Commonwealth the power. The result of that was it did away with assimilation because because Holt appointed uh, Nugget Coombs as chairman yeah. of the Council of Aboriginal Affairs. That's right. And Coombs had enormous influence. And what was working was assimilation. It works with everybody. Assimilation mm. is the obvious thing to do, in, which doesn't mean you can't have your own cuisine and you can't maintain your own languages mm. and your own culture. There's a, you, plenty of people do that. Yeah. And, 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 and you can marry within yes. your group if you want to, or you can marry without the, yes. outside the group if you want to. And, and the Aboriginal people have taken the taken the decision to marry outside. Yeah. The, the rate of uh, female exogamy, I think that's called, the rate of females marrying out is extraordinary. That's why so many... It's, all, it's always been the yes, case like yes. that. Yeah. And that, that's, that's why you get people who, who, who have one-eighth or one-sixteenth of their ancestry, which is Aboriginal, who mm. now claim themselves to be, uh, you know, the full McCoy. <laughs> yes, yes. Indigenous. So really the result was... 
doing away with assimilation, as you say, it's now almost a dirty word, and promoting segregation. Uh, we then had, after that, we had the, the Mabo decision in the High Court. The High Court has played a, a curious role in relation to Aboriginal affairs. They've, they've played more than a judicial role. They seem to have decided to play a policy role, a legislative role. Social engineering role. Yes. Well, you know. and, and that's what the Mabo decision was yeah. really that, because that was, a, that was a case about the Torres Strait Islanders who are agriculturists. Yes. They know, they know what is their land, and there was a legitimate dispute there about whether they still had land rights against the Queen's own government. But the High Court, without hearing any arguments on mm. this, no arguments at all, which is an extraordinary thing, came down with a decision which affected not just the Torres Strait Island about which they were discussing the matter, where these people were agriculturists, they weren't nomadic, and they made a decision on the basis of nomadic people across Australia and just came down suddenly with this yeah. decision without without even hearing argument on it. That, that That's absolutely right. The real villain in the case, though, in my view, is Paul Keating, because he was the one who took that decision and enacted it in Parliament. He had a... He had, um, Which he a, could a, because of the referendum. Um, well, he, he, he could because he had, the, the, uh, the, the, he had a majority in the Senate, yes. which, um, which John Howard never had, or yes. he had it for a very brief period. Yes. Um, so um, Keating in, in, enacted into the Native Title Act, mm -hmm. set up these yes. um, tribunals to, um, to decide... Um, who owned what, yes. uh, and and the whole thing, and, and uh, that has meant that that that, that um, launched the, the the homelands movement, which of which Nugget Coombs was the was the you know mm. called brains, but um, it it was not a very brainy idea yes. um, because it's been such a social disaster, yes. and it, and it gets worse and worse and worse the longer it uh, it it goes on. Yes. I find this hard to believe, but time is catching up with us. We have uh -huh. only ten minutes now. What is the voice? What is this voice? Well, the voice, um, when uh, the Turnbull government considered it, they said this is going to be um, a third um, chamber of, of parliament, that if you want to have an, an, a, 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 any legislation that mentions Aborigines or affects Aborigines, so in other words, if you want to um, change the, the school year mm -hmm. or something, then... Um, because Aboriginal kids go to school, then you have to consult the um, the the, um, the the third chamber or, or the, yes. the the Aboriginal group, the voice that yes. constitutes the voice. And we and, know and that uh, that the, the definition that the High Court has adopted of Aboriginal people is very loose. Well, it's very hard to know who is uh, who is really an Aboriginal. There, there not. is no real definition. Um, there, they talk about having a three part a three part. Um, uh, determination, you know, you've got to have ancestry, you've got to have um, a, a tribe yes. that recognises you and you've got to have, um, um, you've got to self-identify. Yes. So um, even if you're an alien, the High Court says that if you can, if you fall within that definition, the government can't deport you for committing serious, right. yeah, yeah. violent crime. Yeah, that, that, that's really, a, yes. that's a, a strange, yes. strange now, is, decision. Yeah. Is this voice the end of the matter, if that is, if that is no, a term. The, <laughs> the Aborigines talk about, or the Aboriginal elite, 
um, talk about that's un- a very important distinction, about, yeah, isn't it? Talk about unfinished yes, there's, business. There's yeah. rank and file Aboriginal people, yeah, the, or, and there are there yeah. is an elite. Ordinary Aboriginal people have merged in with the Australian population. They have the same lifestyle. They have the same level of unemployment. They have the same level of school attendance and school truancy as um, other people in the mm. in the um, in the suburban yes. areas where they live. So why is it that in the remote areas the level of alcoholism the level of violence, the level of sexual abuse of women, violence against women, mm-hmm. sexual abuse of children, why is this at levels which are extraordinarily high, well, which would not be, should not be tolerated in a democratic country mm-hmm. under the rule of law? That's the continuation of the original culture of the Aboriginal people, which, which was... Which was um, which had no, they had no jails, they had no fines they could make. So the only solution they had to end disputes was violence. And where different clans um, disputed each other, they would resolve it by by violence. Um, they, they they did have some some symbolic um, uh, tests of manhood to decide some issues, but but in but it really came down to tri- tribes going into full battle and, and killing one another. Um, the abuse of women it was, was, tra- it was traditional uh, in Aboriginal culture. Um, men regarded women as their property. Um, and, um, and there was a case uh, in, in, in Sydney where Benelong, who we you know, named the Opera House uh, location after, um, Benelong uh, took a new, a, a new wife from um, some, uh, another nearby group on the, on the Sydney um, Sydney Cove area, um, took her back to bed along point to his hut that that um, that uh, Philip had, had given him, and um, and and she didn't want to stay with him, so he said to Philip, "Well, I'm going to kill her um, because you know she's not doing what I want." And um, and Philip said, "Oh no, no, don't don't kill her." And we'll, and and Ben Long said, "Well, it's my right to do that." So Philip posted um, troops, um, two troops, with to, not to leave Ben Long's sight to stop him from doing this. He, he persuaded the woman to enter into Sydney Hospital where she could be protected. Um, but, um, but the idea that Ben Long, who by this stage had been living, uh, with, uh, living at Ben Long Point as the sort of go-to man for all the Aborigines to make communication with, with the whites, um, uh, it, it's... Uh, it's part of the, the traditional culture. Yeah. Now, now uh, but that... that preservation of violence and abuse in the remote areas, is that not the consequence of Coombe's policy of moving yeah. <laughs> to apartheid segregation yes. rather than assimilation? The, 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 big, the big thing that, that Coombs did was, was the homelands movement. The homelands movement became places where, um, where uh, uh, governments w- would build houses build a housing community like a small suburb or a, or a, or a country town size um, sort of location. They'd provide it with a school. Um, some of them had police. Um, they, some of them had medical services. M- almost all of them had some kind of medical services, a nurse or a doctor. Um, and, uh, and, but that meant that to um, do it on any, any rational economy, you had to bring several families mm. together. And these families were families uh, who who were traditional enemies because 
uh, in Aboriginal society, the closer you were, the, 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 the real enemy um, in the frontier wars was not the whites who came and took Aboriginal land, it was the tribe in the next valley. Mm. Because we'd be, you know, we, the, um, the tribe in Valley A, had been at war with tribe in Valley B for uh, since time immemorial. Mm. And that was going to go on until, until one of them was um, obliterated. Mm. Now, the Homelands Movement brought them together and 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 if if you look at the um, some of the better reporting of what goes on at Arakoon and Noel Pearson's um, his his responsibility as a total failure, or at um, at um, um, uh, the Daily River, um, uh, the, what's it called now? What I um, in 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 Perth. You that, published. Uh a very good uh, piece on what I didn't do in the quadrant. A we few we, years we ago. had we got a piece from a from a school teacher who yes, was, there, was, who, was who, who just described what life was yes, like. There. In fact, uh, people should uh, Google that. The the, yeah. uh, the the teacher in Wadai that was just a, so extraordinary. But the only politician who probably knows anything about this, apart from Jacinta Price, of course, is uh, Tony Abbott. Tony Abbott went and. Lived right. among them every year, yeah. but there, there's a weakness, isn't there, that you point out that uh, even conservative politicians want to they want to make changes to the constitution which are not justified on the basis of what the constitution is. The constitution, I think, as you rightly say, is just a framework, not just it is the framework agreement for the formation for turning six colonies, six self-governing colonies into one single country. It's the framework agreement for that. And, and everybody is recognised in that constitution. That, that's right. I mean, there's no, no single um, ethnic group or racial group or interest group that um, is singled out. It's just we, the people of Australia, mm. um, will do, the, do it this way. And um, the, the idea that um, you, you, should, you can single out one group of people mm. and give them a special status in the, in the, yes. in the Constitution. But firstly, it's, uh, I mean, it's sort of racist and it's, um, and it's um, giving them favours that nobody else has. Yes. But, but the, main, the, main, the main problem with it is it's just not what the Constitution's for. Yes. It, it, but, I mean, people, Linda Burney goes around saying the Constitution is a, our birth certificate or it's or, a framework. Or it has to be completed. Uh, that's right. Yeah, or, or it's a it's it's a sort of um, a, a, a statement about Australian history. It's not. It's just ha yes. ha who, which which um, which are Commonwealth powers, yes. which are mainly immigration, defence, overseas things, yes. um, and which are and states yes. powers, yes. which are which are health and education yes. and blah blah. Yes, defence was to be the big power. They were to concentrate on that because mm. that's why really that was the thing that drove federation. And uh, the situation today is apparently, according to all the experts, we're virtually defenceless without the United States. You have, in this wonderful book, The Breakup of Australia, which is well worth acquiring, the real agenda behind Aboriginal recognition, you have at page 425, 15 big myths about the Constitution. These are repeated over and over. Letters come in about the 67 referendum, giving you the right to vote and making you citizens, all completely mythical, not true. And it's extraordinary, the number of people, even people in the academy, who constantly repeat these myths. Well worth reading those 15 myths, which are probably, I should imagine, on your website, uh, Quadrant Online. You probably have them 
There, or you uh, will have No, I haven't. <laughs> I've been progressively putting excerpts yes, from the, that book yes, so onto Quadrant Online, yes, the, but we haven't got around the, to all of it yet. The two recent pieces were... Well, um, uh, about the... Continent, a continent for... What was that? A Nation for a Continent and, and a Continent for a Nation. And that was really about um, the takeover of... Um, of the, of land by the native title tribunal mm -hmm. and by um, and and by the land rights campaign mm -hmm. and uh, and 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 my uh, argument is that is that the radicals in the in in the Aboriginal movement in the Aboriginal elite and the white uh, and and, yeah, and their white supporters um, they want they want independence even perhaps the Eurasian elite <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, well well they're they're the good guys these days um, they're not they're not making demands any, anywhere but but what the Aborigines want is they want self determination in their own territory which means they the, want the, the Aboriginal the, elite wants yeah they, they and this started out as something on the far left with Michael Mann and, and Jeff Clark in the thing called the Aboriginal Provisional Government, you know, which yes. if you remember the Vietnam War, that was mm. the Communist Party's, uh, the Provisional Government yes. was a sign of the Communist Party about to take over. Um, but what they, um, what they want as a separate state, um, which is not something that's just like the existing states, but it's one that has rights to deal with other countries um, and make separate deals. Yes. It, that, that, that is a that is a, um, a, a nation state in its own yes. right. Um, that's that's their goal. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, and uh, we we must finish. But uh, that reminded me of the report done for the Morrison government on the Voice, which gave an international uh, vocation for the Voice. The Voice would have this international role. So we would be, Australia would be speaking with two voices. We'd have the diplomats speaking on our behalf, but there would be well-paid uh, representatives uh, of this special chamber, as Malcolm Turnbull called it, the third chamber. They would have all of the advantages of politicians and no doubt all of their pay and uh, accoutrement. But there would also be a voice speaking for Australia internationally. This, this is an extraordinary proposal, and I think what you're doing is very important, and I think that viewers should be looking at Quadrant Online because that is your, your daily voice, your regular voice, and that is something to... Keith Winshuttle, thank you very much. We'll, we'll no doubt have you back if you're available to talk about this more as the proposed referendum progresses. I'm David Flint, and this is Save the Nation on ADH-TV, the new platform, the new and exciting media platform in Australia. Thank you for watching. Until next time.